X's and O's master Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated. He joins the show because, well, hey, it's not just us Michigan State diehards that are getting a little excited about this offense. Hey, even a chalk guy like him appreciates what's coming to East Lansing. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Spartans, your team in green-white five days a week. Now, of course, you guys know this show. Heck, you're listening to it. But if you need more great Michigan State content in your life, Spartans Illustrated is a great place to go. And we got one of the fine writers over there. His name is Chase Glasser. You guys probably already know him. Very familiar face, familiar voice. Chase, how are we doing, man? The offseason treating you okay over there? I'm doing great. I am I am doing really well. Yes, sir. We'd like to hear that. And I think that you're going to make our days a little better here, too, because you've had a great, great piece on Spartans Illustrated, breaking down the X's, the O's of Brian Lindgren's offense, what Aiden mm-hmm. Childs can provide a few of the other transfer players like Jack Belling. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not going to give it all away. I, this this is a paid product here, so Spartans <laughs> Illustrated is where to subscribe if you want the nitty-gritty, hardcore details. But we're going to talk about it from an overview standpoint. Chase, I did love reading this piece over my lunch break today, and what I loved was that there's a little bit of a comparison to Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Like mm-hmm. many Lions fans, and like a lot of other Michigan State fans, you know, I, I like myself some Lions. Oh, I like yeah. the success. I like the offense they run. It's very mm-hmm. fun. Now, during this coaching search, Chase, I, there is a small contingent of fans out there that are saying, hey, just throw Ben Johnson $12 million and see if he wants to take the head coaching job. Whether that was people being serious or whether they were joking around. Hey, Chase, is uh, is this offense kind of like, uh, no, we're not going to get Ben Johnson because we have Ben Johnson at home? Like, is it one of these <laughs> things? Or what are, are there any parallels between what we could see in East Lansing and what Ben Johnson likes to run on Sundays uh, here in Detroit? Um, I mean, I think in part and and somewhat narrowly construed, I think Ben Johnson's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And and uh, no, the Lions' offense is not what you're going to get. Uh, mm-hmm. But the broader point that I was I was making was that if you look at how um, Oregon State likes to attack defenses, it, it is fairly reminiscent of what the Lions did formationally against the Buccaneers. So no, okay. no, you're not you're not getting Brian uh, Ben Johnson, who I think is is an outstanding coordinator, but. Um, I think what you are getting and what you can say confidently that you're getting is a, a very sound offensive mind who understands the importance of pre-snap, uh, kind of formational aspects of, of football, um, in a way that I think fans are really going to like. Uh, so in that narrow regard, uh, yes, I think you, you might be getting some Ben Johnson, uh, in that, in that kind of narrowly construed, um, way, which I think is good. I think that's really good. Even a little bit of Ben Johnson still goes a long way here in a football Absolutely. game, so we'll yes. take it. Yes. 
you broke down a lot of like the, the pre-stamp motion and mm-hmm. everything in, in your piece. And I want to just go to Twitter really quick because Jay Bud Davis, great account. He charts a lot of plays, not just for Michigan State, but for colleges around the country. Mm-hmm. And there was one stat that he pulled up. Now, these were from the middle of the season, so they might have been a little off when the season ended. Mm-hmm. But pre-snap motion, Oregon State ran 28% of the time, whereas Michigan State just did pre-snap motion just 16% of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, there's three schools of thought why you do pre-snap motion in football. And please correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, momentum, you know, okay, get a receiver some a head start, mm-hmm. if you will, before he just, just goes out on, on, on a route and just gets out there like a rocket yeah. uh deception of course confusing the defense and then leverage as well you could make your formations a little wider you could pull yeah. a guy in and add an extra blocker so those are the three schools of thought is, is there any school of thought that you see brian lingren's motion kind of targeting the most is it to get guys momentum downfield before the ball snap is it the art of deception or is it leverage or is it some obviously a combination of all three but is that truly what it is i mean how do yeah. you yeah i mean i it think is? it's I think it's all of that. And you can add, add to that, those, those three aspects, which I think all of them are accurate Um, identification when you're moving a slot receiver from one side of the formation to another. um, And you're looking at who follows him. Is somebody following him or does just the linebacker a safety bump over, you know, that's a man versus zone tell. And if you look at the two teams that played in the national title game this year, um, Washington tortured people with, with motion. Um, And they were just to be able to move people around pre-snap and, and they call it cheetah motion where you're, you, you get someone kind of motioning in and then going out, it messes with, with the d- defense's keys and, and gets people open um, in, in a pretty nice way. And they were very successful and a huge reason why Michigan beat Alabama. Um, Alabama, the cover three that they run, it's all based on, on post-snap checks and, and okay. Ripley's match and, and pattern matching and all that. And that's something that Saban invented and it works really, really well. Um, but by Michigan had some sort of pre-snap motion uh, and some sort of a post-snap read on almost every play. And when you have an Alabama defense that is maybe a little less veteran than they have been in the past, that mm-hmm. really um, allowed a, a Michigan offense, which I think is good in, in parts, but, but compared to Alabama and teams like that, you, you just you don't have quite the same uh, talent across the field. But it, it allowed a very veteran Michigan offense to, to make some hay there. Um, so yeah, I mean, Lindgren is going to use a fair amount of motion. Uh, they move people around quite a bit before the snap. Uh, and then something that I really noticed a lot was what they did after the snap. And I called it in the piece window dressing and okay, we're doing all sorts of crazy stuff, um, in ways that, that really mess with linebackers. And if you can deliver somebody to the second level, um, untouched, uh, or, or, more cleanly, that's such an advantage for your offense. So, I mean, you might have a, a tight end blocking across the formation with with the play side wide receiver coming around, you know, for what looks like a jet sweep, and then there's a handoff and a counter step, and you have so many people going all sorts of different directions. It's really hard um, for the defense to remain disciplined. doesn't mean it can't happen. It, it can, mm-hmm. um, but it makes it a lot more difficult. It's also going to make it a little more difficult for viewers to follow where the ball is. Um, But but that's the price you pay for a a deceptive offense. And just if you get a team right now, I mean, it's you're seeing a lot of movement in college football, just as far as people transfer and and people don't stay around long and and things like that. So I, I would this is kind of conjecture, but just anecdotally, I think you're seeing a lot more players playing earlier. Or, or you, you don't have these teams that are super veteran and retain a lot of their players. That's becoming a little bit more of a rarity. So, 
your communication may be a little more ad hoc and, and things may break down. And when you have all this stress on a defense with how you're moving people around, you can see some busts and, um, you know, that's so helpful for an offense just to be able to create plays and, and make the defense wrong. And I think that's really what this offense does is it can make the defense wrong. So this just might be a stupid question. And I don't even know if you'll have an answer because we're kind of just hypothesizing why perhaps, but what, why doesn't a team just always do motion then? Like I just said, Michigan State did it just 16% of the time in pre-snap. Mm. Is there a reason you could think of? Is it because of obviously maybe the learning curve for some of the players on offense? Like that's just another layer you have to add. And maybe they weren't veteran enough like a Michigan was this year where you return a lot of the guys you can keep on building on top of that. Or is it just an aptitude? Like why, why wouldn't a team always run motion? Because it seems, based on the last five minutes of conversation, it's a no-brainer to just run some motion, confuse some people, and get some momentum out there in the open field. Any that idea why or no? <laughs> there's different schools of thought. The the whole kind of momentum thing and the cheetah motion, that's all very new. Um, okay. You have to coach it right because if you do it wrong, all of a sudden you got two men in motion or you've got yeah. too many people in the backfield and you get a procedure penalty. Um, you know, I feel like every year you get a good clip of somebody going in motion and the snap being thrown right into their helmet and then kind of yeah. all hell breaks loose, you know? So, I sure. mean, there's, there's things that can go wrong there. Um, I mean, and some coaches also like, we're, we're just going to line up and what we're going to line up. Um, and we're going to see how the defense aligns to that. And we're going to have a post snap read. We don't need motion. And that can work too. Like that's something that, that very much works. And I think all, all offenses use motion to an extent, some more than others, um, it, it's just kind of a philosophical thing. It, it's not one side's not necessarily right. And one side's not wrong. I certainly okay. like it. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's the only way to do stuff. You know, it's kind of like running a no huddle offense or yeah. running screens. There's some teams, uh, Michigan's one of them that are just very screen averse. They really don't run screens. And when they do, they're very poorly telegraphed and, and they don't work that well. Uh, Lindgren is not that. I mean, he's going to run a, a lot of screens and smoke routes and take advantage of free yards. I like that. Some coaches don't just because there's things that can go wrong. If, if mm-hmm. the ball's thrown backwards behind the line of scrimmage, it's not caught. That's a fumble. Um, yeah. Or it, it, the the chance that it gets completely blown up is is maybe a little bit higher. So there's different schools of thought. Um, I just happen to really like <laughs> everything I saw from from Lindgren's offense, so I like it. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's the only way to do things. Fair enough. And we're going to get into a little bit of the formations here. We'll get into Aiden Child's talk. And then we're going to talk to former assistant coaches here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Chase, I hate to do this to you. I got to send you to the sidelines because I need to talk to people's ears off about eBay Motors. Folks, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, I'll say that again, 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or it's your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So what are you waiting for? Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's drag him back on here. The one, the only Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated. And you highlighted a lot of formations that Brian Lindgren mm-hmm. runs that we can expect to see here on the turf in East Lansing. 
Is there any one formation that stuck out to you for, you know, one reason or another, whether you liked it, whether it's something that he uses a lot that's going to be new to Michigan State fans, or what's one formation that really stuck out to you here? Yeah, so the one that I picked, and this is the one where I drew the clearest line of comparison to what the Lions did against the Buccaneers. It's I called it a, a three by one tight bunch, and it's it's a it's a very it's a very tight split. So and and they use that a lot. They keep their wide receivers in pretty tight, um, and and which is is fine. Again, it's just a philosophical thing. Not right, yeah. not wrong. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, it gives you more leverage to work outside of the field and make some easy throws there. On the downside, it makes it you know, uh, the space is constricted. So it may be a little easier to defend, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives, but it's, it's, you have your normal offensive line set. Um, normally I think they do it out of the, um, they do it both out of the gun and under center. It's normally okay. you, got, you got, uh, just one running back and, and uh, the quarterback in the backfield, your five offensive linemen you have on one side of the formation, just one wide receiver on the other side of the formation, you have a tight little trio trip set. Um, and they do a lot of stuff out of that. They they run to the opposite side of it a lot because you have three people on one side. It kind of forces the linebackers to bump over and lighten the box a little bit. They run towards it and use those people to create more gaps. A lot of times they have a big tight end kind of guy who's able to, to crack block a linebacker. Um, there's a lot of really good um, pass routes. You can you can run out of that and, and kind of rub guys off on each other and, and create some spacing there. They stack the receivers a lot and create leverage. Um, and that's something that the Lions used a lot in like second in medium, third and medium um, yeah. to create some some quick throw, quick strike uh, stuff. So that that's one that I would really highlight as something that they can do a lot out of. Also, because of those tight splits, you can motion receivers uh, in like a jet action or an orbit motion a lot. And that's something that they do quite a bit of. So that was one where I really saw they, they do quite a bit out of this particular set. And there, there's a lot of different stuff that they run. Uh, but that's one that really kind of stood out to me. Gotcha. And we're going to talk about one of the new players here a little bit. Aiden Childs, the, the talk of the offseason. Mm-hmm. First, Chase, we're going to talk about a former player. Connor Hayward? Is he going yeah. back to Michigan State? Like, Because I, I did notice <laughs> that you put him in your piece and it made sense. Hey, maybe some more H-back. Now, I do right. wonder, who's that going to be on this team? Like, is it going to be Jaron Mangum? Like, he seems to have maybe the body type. Is right. it going to be a Jack Valens? I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I thought that was very interesting that, mm-hmm. hey, the return of CH in the H back could be uh could be back in East Lansing, but sure. Why yeah. not? I mean, I, I loved Connor Hayward. I think watching him play was really fun just because he was such like a program guy and not, not mm-hmm. even so much that like, you know, he, he was on a lot, a, a source of leadership through some fairly um, tumultuous times. And then obviously yeah. he went out with a bang with that, that good 21 team. And well, I, I believe he was a captain. If not, it certainly a, seemed like a guy who was a vocal leader and all that, but also mm-hmm. just, he did so many different things. He was a running back and then he was a tight end. And then he really kind of found that niche as, as an H back where you're kind of half tight end, half running back. You're doing a lot of dirty work, a lot of blocking. You're taking on defensive ends. You're, you're getting the ball. You're catching the ball. You're a decoy. It's a selfless position, but such an important one. Uh, and he was so good in that role. It was so fun watching him play. And I think Oregon state does that a lot. They had Jack Felling is one where they more of a true tight end, but um you know, a, a beefy guy who could take on a lot of blocks, but also catch the ball and, and handle the ball and do well in that regard. Um, Mangum is a guy who just seems gritty, you know, and, yeah, and, right. and do well in that, you know, just kind of doing the dirty work there. But Oregon State uses guys like that quite a bit. And that just seems to 
in my mind, so fit with Michigan State's program ethos of just we're gonna kind of out hit you and and outwork you and and blue collar and all that all that good stuff and in the best way possible. I think that mm-hmm. uh, you're gonna see players like that, just kind of the, the grit, um, if you will, and and that kind of half tight end uh, hybrid. I, I really like the position. I think it's a lot of fun. And I think like like you look at a, a team like Georgia, obviously Brock Bowers is a name that everybody knows because he's yeah, a totally. multiple-time Mackey Award winner and an awesome tight end. But they use people like that too. And 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 just doing the dirty work, allowing them to run the ball um, as a fullback, running back, tight end hybrid. I think it's a really fun position. Um, and I think that you're going to see a return to that. And I think that that's going to be good for viewers because it's fun and the team because I think that uh, they use players like that well in this offense. Yeah, good old Connor Hayward. I, I'm still coughing up feathers with the amount of crow I ate about him because, uh, hey, it yeah. turned out in the end, it was just he was simply playing out of position for the right. start of his career. But, man, yeah, did, did he make some hay there at the end uh, in mm-hmm. 2021? And I still, yeah. still, still hanging out in the league, being a very productive player for the Steelers. So right. good for him. But right. it'll be nice to see that position back, uh, harken back to the, the grit days, uh, we'll yes. call them. Sure. Um, now on the flashier side, mm-hmm. Aiden Childs. Um, oh. Chase, I don't know if uh, you've heard. I've heard that he's going to be a pretty good player for Michigan State. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around this guy. He wasn't ranked the number one portal mm-hmm. quarterback by 24-7 sports by mistake. Right. Now, after crunching so much film that you can't believe it, that you're nauseous probably over there, <laughs> do you feel even higher on Aiden Childs than you did beforehand, like just when you're reading all the smoke, after you get into the film? Like, where, where are you seeing out of this Aiden Childs guy and how Spartans be jazzed? I think he's, I think you should be jazz, man. I think he's going to be really good. And I think part of the reason is like, you look at the portal quarterback rankings, is he going to, going to be the guy who comes in and is the best this year? No. And that's a good thing for Michigan state yeah. because he's really young. So it's not a one year rental. Like Will Howard might yeah. go to Ohio state for one year and win a title, yeah. but um, you're bringing in a new coaching staff, a new program ethos. And you have a guy who's young, who's going to be there for at least a couple of years. I think Mm -hmm. that's so important. You know, it's not like your one year rental and then you're going to find another one year rental. And then a guy that you recruit might be ready. This is a guy who's going to be there for a while. And man, I mean, he's got so many tools and, and he's fun to watch. He's really athletic. Um, Lindgren and, and Oregon State, they run their quarterbacks quite a bit. Uh, DJ Uyunglele was a, a fairly mobile quarterback. And I think Childs is him plus. I'd like to see him in the weight room uh, just because you're going to you're gonna take some licks in this league running your quarterback. But having an 11-on-11 11 11 run game is so critical. And, and they use their quarterbacks, um, you know, as, as off of the zone read. But they also do designed runs, too. And he's shown uh, good burst, good explosiveness in both of those regards. Um I clipped a couple, or I think one play really where sometimes he trusts his athleticism a little too much. And it's, it's one thing to kind of do the no, 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 no. Yes. Play against UC Davis. It's a little different when you're playing, you know, Penn state or somebody like that. Um, but he's young and that's fine. Uh, you know, there's, there's some signs that he's young and the progression sometimes aren't all there and he locks on receivers, but that's any young quarterback. And sure. he's really, really athletic. He's got a good arm. He's smooth on the RPOs. He can get out of the pocket and, and run, which is good. Um, just because if to the extent that sacks are a quarterback stat, if you're avoiding those, that's awesome. Um, the ball placement's pretty good. Um, I just, there's a lot to like about him. I think he's checks every box that you want. Um, seems like a, a, a really good kid and, uh, really athletic. It's just, I think the perfect player that you want coming in for this new offense, kind of turning the page on everything and, and hitting the ground running. It's, it, 
so critical to have a good quarterback, a young guy that you can build around. Yeah. Um, and somebody who's familiar with the offensive coordinator. I think it's, it's huge. It's super, super huge. I I'm looking forward to him. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can do. And I'm glad you brought that up too, that, Hey, he might not be the number one quarterback, like right away. He, he is that ranking for two reasons, the floor, like you already see what his physical tools are. He does have a great arm. He's got legs. Well, what that ceiling is, to be clear, is is good. Like the floor is oh, good. Yeah, sure. Really a total project that's unwatchable. He's going to be just fine, but. Yeah. And we're kind of seeing it too with like, you know, how basketball rankings work. Like if you can make the direct comparison uh, to Xavier Booker, a guy who was a five-star All-American. He, oh, yeah. I've said it a thousand times here. He's got the five-star. I think it's very clear by now because of what his ceiling is. Like he's For got sure. the physical tools, the traits. Mm-hmm. Now I expect Aiden Childs to have a more productive year on the football field than Xavier Booker has I on the basketball court so far. <laughs> Yes, um, I would it's so. much of a stretch. We're gonna have some issues if, if that's not the case. <laughs> but but that is good to point out that the reason he was number one, a first floor, yeah. which is good. But yes, oh, yeah. ceiling can also be right now, right now, February twenty or January twenty fourth. He's playable right now, uh, and yeah. it's only gonna get, gonna get better. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And there's a lot of other great stuff in that piece. Again, Sparts Illustrated, go subscribe. We can't give all the goodies away there. But before we flip the page to the next topic here, Chase, anything else that you just wanted to add really quick about your piece over there about the offense next year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think something that's kind of been running through my mind is you don't think it can happen to your team until it does. And I mean, okay. that's with the Lions, not only my whole life, but I think both of our probably father's whole life. It, it, it can't happen until it does, right? I mean, my senior year of college, I was watching – Michigan go to triple overtime with Rutgers on a Romanian <laughs> streaming site because we didn't get big time work. And, you know, then, then this past year happened and you talk to anybody in my family, you know, the longtime MSU fans, what mm. Michigan state was until Mark Antonio came, you don't think it can happen until it does. And I just think that you look at this league and, you know, Ohio state, yeah, they're going to be really good next year, but they're one slip up in late November from Ryan day, not being there. And then who knows who yeah. the hell Right. I mean, Penn State. Yeah, they should be salty defense. They're going to be good. They're going to be talented. But I, I'll believe it when I see it with Franklin. Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, with Wisconsin, I don't think they're a huge threat to win it. Dan Lanning is there's beginning of the whispers that the, the big game thing is kind of a, a thing with him, um, though. I okay. think he's very good in Oregon. It's going to be very good. Yeah. Um, USC has not really fielded a defense until they do. Uh, Washington, their coach, and a bunch of players left, and, and Jim Harbaugh is actively trying to leave Michigan. <laughs> any NFL team that will take him, and um, was, you know, I think Sharon Moore is a fine coach and a, a good run architect, but um, you know, it's it's. I don't think they're going to be what they have been. They're losing a lot, and and who knows what's coming down the pipe from the NCAA. So it's like you look at this league, and there's a path, and I just think Michigan State's on such a good path, and they're doing everything right. Um, they're they're the depth that they've got in the portal, they haven't had this, this huge um, exit of, of people uh, that, you know, would be overly harmful. I think the staff is doing everything the right way. You hear good stuff out of all of the right Michigan high school coaches about the relationships that they're establishing. Right. Necessarily being from Michigan. I just, everything that's being done seems like it's being done the right way um, to set up for long-term success. Will it happen? I don't know, but it just seems like everything's being done the right way. And I think that having, a good, clear offensive through line is so important in that regard. And I think that, that you're going to have that with Lindgren. And I think that Michigan state's going to be a lot better for it. It's just, it's in my mind, it's just, it's hard not to be excited about where this thing is going. So that's kind of the, my end commentary on, on that. 
you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Chase Glasser of Spartans Illustrated saying Michigan State is going to go 11 and 1 within the next two years. I, that's, <laughs> that's what I heard. At Many least people over here. Saying, not me, but you know, people. Many, yeah. Um, so, really quick, before we get you out the door here and get all the viewers and listeners uh, back to enjoying the rest of their day, we're going to end on this question. This came from Jason over at locked on Spartans at gmail.com. He wants to know where a few of Mel's former assistant coaches went. Uh, he says he knows that Jay Johnson is at Wyoming. Mm. Uh, and then he adds, "Good luck to them." That's that's a that's a fair comment. We'll leave it at that. Uh, so yeah, Jay Johnson he's over at Wyoming. Uh, Chris Kopilovic, the offensive line coach, he's at Baylor. Jim Salgado, he went to the NFL. Back to the NFL, he's with the mm -hmm. Commanders. And Dyron Reynolds, he's at Arizona State. Yep. Uh, Courtney Hawkins, of course, still with Michigan State. So that leaves mm -hmm. Ephraim Reed, the running backs coach. Uh, Ted Gilmore, the tight ends coach. Harlan Barnett, secondary coach, and of course, the interim head coach. Ross Ells, shocking. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. And then Scotty Hazelton, uh, those are the five guys that have not found another home. But yeah. Chase, I do want to ask, I, I, we don't have to blow out, you know, the, the all five guys that haven't found a home. I do find it interesting that Scotty Hazelton has mm -hmm. not gone somewhere. Now, this could just be a personal preference of, hey, I made some good money in my last few years. I'm going to hit pause on a year, enjoy my relaxation family before I go back. Yeah. But even guys like Chad Will, a guy that was a co-defensive coordinator at Indiana, which yeah. is not a good defense whatsoever, mm -hmm. hey, he just found an assistant job here in East Lansing. It wouldn't be crazy to see Scotty Hazleton find at least an assistant job somewhere else in the country. Are you a little surprised that he hasn't landed somewhere? And again, I'll say he, it could be a personal thing, but like I, that's, that's kind of interesting that if coordinator just hasn't found another job like that, kind of yeah. like Johnson has. I mean, he could uh... – you know, go to the beach and do that for a year. And I don't think anybody would blame him. Um, I would, I would. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. I, I would too. Sure. So I mean, maybe I think a lot of this, it, it could be a personal preference thing. And also like the whole coaching world, the more you learn about it, it's, it's also kind of incestual and insular where it's like, right. There's all sorts of clickiness and people are friends with people and people on certain staffs. It's like, Oh, I don't want to work with this guy. So even though I, I could get a job here, I don't want to, or people who, who you think how in the world, but you see it in the NFL sometimes it's like, how does X person keep getting jobs? And it's like, everybody knows everybody. Matt and, Patricia. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and I mean, it's like, um, you know, there's this whole thing of like the late Lloyd Carr era guys who like all got jobs at Bowling Green because Scott Leffler coaches Bowling. It's like all this. And it, and it happens with a bunch of schools everywhere. Where it's like, there's all of this kind of whole, job black market that i don't really care to understand and don't yeah want sure to. but like so there's that aspect of it and then there's it's a little surprising to me that hazelton hasn't gotten a job it may be that he doesn't want it it may be that just um you know he, he wants to take some time i would imagine if he wanted one he'd get one but that's total conjecture i don't know that um but it's like i think jay johnson was at wyoming before in some capacity right okay. or at least I, if he wasn't he was somewhere out on the plains in that region. So it's, I, I thought he may have had some sort of link to their staff. I don't know if I'm inventing that or if that's true. Um, but you know, there, there's things like that where was he like North Dakota or something? I don't know, but he was, or no, was Hazleton at Wyoming? I don't know. I'm, I'm talking, uh, confidently about things I don't if know. If you say it with confidence, we will just blindly believe you. But uh, <laughs> no, Jay Johnson, I'm seeing uh, Truman State, Kansas, Southern Miss, Louisville, Central uh, Michigan, Kansas, Minnesota. Yeah, so. okay. That's, yeah. I was thinking of the Kansas thing. Okay, so no, not Wyoming. Um, but Same you know, thing. there's just there's oh. <laughs> um, there, there's always a, 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 a kind of subtext there that you can assume. Um, 
But I mean, I think what we can say is that these people are not even getting kind of the Nick Saban memorial tour of being an <laughs> assistant for one year and then going somewhere else as a position coach and kind of working their way yeah. back. So um, I think we can say that maybe they were not necessarily at the top of their field and and leave it at that. Um, not, you know, it's not a reflection on anything other than just the, the professional nature of the game and, and things like that. It's not anything personal, but it's just, I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself a bit. Um, I do say, I think with, with the staff that they're assembling now, I don't think you're going to have that problem, you know, should everybody scatter and there's a diaspora of current Michigan state coaches going elsewhere. I know right. a lot of people I've heard really good things about the secondary guy they picked up from Oregon. Um, mm -hmm. I know Chad, Chad Wilt from Indiana. I, everybody says really good things about him as like a teacher. And that's so important. Um, I mean, Rossi obviously has, has had very good defenses at Minnesota yeah. and, and Lindgren we've talked on, but um, I think this is a good staff. I think it's a staff that can teach, which is so important. It's not just about coming in with all these whiz bang kind of strategies. <laughs> and I was just run straight up, honest to God, cover too, but they teach it so well. It's super yeah. solid to defend. So um, just having people who can teach, I think is so important. And I mean, you listen to guys like, um, I remember there was an interview with Izzo and Beeline, uh, and both of them talked about how important it was for their assistants to be able to be hands-on teachers. And, um, you know, they were both pretty good coaches and, and, um, it's just, I, I think what's being done with the staff here is, is really good. And, um, I think there's, there's bright things ahead. And good luck to all of them. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like they're monsters, you know, even though I did say during the season that Rossell should go to prison. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a little hated in the moment. I'd like to walk that one back maybe. Right. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day too, it's like I'm not going to lose too much sleep because they they made some generational money. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, if you could. They did make, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, I don't think any of them are hurting too much in the bank account if they're, they're smart with it at all. So We're not going to do a telethon for them necessarily. Um, so, but, hey, again – Best of luck to them. Hope they land on their feet. And I hope yeah. that, yeah, the guys that aren't hired, uh, this is by choice. And they just want to, you know, take a, a break after a very odd last few months of their coaching <laughs> careers. So sure. uh, who, who could blame them? Um, but right. folks, speaking of great teachers, uh, that's Chase Glasser over there. Spartans right. Illustrated. Again, you guys already know him. And if you don't, hey, well, hopefully this is a good first episode for you in the world of Chase. <sighs> Until next time, though, because, yeah, we, we will drag you back on, Chase. Um respectively so there you go but gang <laughs> tomorrow we will be joined by carter elliott we're going to talk all things hoops that's right back-to-back -back spartans illustrated episodes here unlocked on spartans football today basketball tomorrow but until then enjoy the rest of your day love you all go green